Hey, everybody. My name is Jasper Smith, also known as Mr. Bill Wealth. Some people call me a financial educator, financial planner, financial advisor, their credit counselor, insurance guy, investment guy, retirement guy, probably other names. I think financial concierge sums it up quite nicely. I've worked in the financial services arena close to 15 years now, and I've experienced people from all walks of life. The key thing that I've discovered which sets the wealthy apart from others is one thing. The wealthy have a comprehensive financial game plan. This game plan is something they commit to, update as needed, and it's appropriate for their current stage of life. No matter where you might be on your bill wealth journey, I hope you find the stories and information shared on this podcast useful. Take what you learn and apply it to your life. And please share what you learn with your family, friends, coworkers, and community. Why? Because the more you share, the more you'll help me disrupt generational poverty for everyone so their kids' kids' kids can live a life of privilege. We kick off every episode with story time. During some episodes, you'll hear an inspiring story that will provide you with the encouragement or motivation that's needed to face your financial fears head on. While other stories will be cautionary tales that might help you avoid financial setbacks in life. Some stories will be general observations that Mr. Bill Wealth has made from living life as a financial services professional. Either way, we can learn so much from the actions of others and consider maybe jotting down a few notes while you listen. Oh yeah, you'll even hear some personal stories from Mr. Bill Wealth himself. All right, let's get to it. The title of this story, Kathy and Bill from Montana. On a trip I was taking long time ago, my flight got delayed about six hours because of weather. And if anybody travels, you know, you're just trapped. And some of us, if you're like me, I love just chopping it up with people who are also trapped. And so that's what happened with Kathy and Bill, who were a retired couple from Montana. And I think the conversation started because when they sat down, they were like, hey, man, um, we got some liquor. <laughs> and I think because I had a cup, it was something that they saw on my bag and they were just like, hey, man, I see the bottle. Like, you want a drink? <laughs> so, so that's how we started the conversation with, you know, some alcohol. But of course, like most people, when you first meet them, you ask them, what do they do? And so I shared with, with both Kathy and Bill that I was a financial planner and they were like, man, we really, really wish we would have met somebody like you when we first started working. And I was like, okay, y'all start off by like offering me some liquor. And second, I, after I tell you what I do, now you're like, we wish we would have had somebody like you. And I'm, I'm like, I, I know there's a story behind this and we're pretty much trapped here in this airport. So we got time. So they weren't struggling by any means. Let me first say that. But they were like, if we had started taking retirement planning more serious at a younger age, they could be living even better than they already were. And I'm blown away by this. Like, okay, so you're not struggling but you wish you would have met somebody like me early enough. Okay, 
I, I need more. So let me tell you their story. Neither Bill nor Kathy attended college. They had three children and they own a sailboat in St. Lucia and spend four months out of the year in the Caribbean sailing. I, I wanted to pause for a second. Who wouldn't love that? Four months out of the year, you're in the Caribbean sailing on your boat. I think a lot of people can get behind that in terms of wanting to enjoy their golden years because Kathy and Bill were doing it. So now I'm like, oh, this is great. You all spend that much time in the, in the Caribbean every year. So they started out their journey by purchasing a triplex before they got married and they rented out the two units and they lived in the third. Now, they did that until their family outgrew the place and then they purchased a nice house. And they still own the property to this day, that original triplex and all three units are always rented. So they had some insight in terms of the area and they knew that there will always be jobs or students because there's a college in their town. Like they knew they would always be able to rent out those units. And that was part of why they bought when they did and, and where they bought. But the cool thing about this is that they understood how to live below their means. So they could have easily purchased their, their dream house, but they were like, why? They, they, they didn't need all that extra space. And then they ended up having three kids. But when they got the triplex, they only had one child. And so as, again, their family grew, they, they started making decisions collectively, but they were like in alignment. So if you're thinking about like, how do you and your spouse get on the same wavelength? You know, take the Kathy and Bill approach, like just talk it out and make sure what you're doing is in the best interest of the family. So Here's what they also disclosed to me. Neither one of them ever made six figures combined throughout their working years. Now, keep in mind, they're, they're in Montana, so we understand that incomes vary across the country and cost of living also varies, but neither Kathy nor Bill ever made more than six figures throughout their working years. Kathy had worked for the state of Montana, Bill was ex-military and he worked at the post office. And <laughs> they, they jokingly told me that they would classify themselves as blue collar, simple folk who just wanted to make sure they never took life too serious. And when they said that, it was like, wow, some people are so like money hungry that you'll take any job anywhere because of the income, but then you miss out on maybe like having that fulfilled life. And part of, you know, Kathy and Bill's MO was they cared about and, and loved their family. And so they didn't want to always be consumed with work. Like neither one of them was, was entrepreneurial. They, they had a, a good state job, a government job uh, with the state. And then also Bill, you know, getting out of the military and, and working at the post office. So they just kind of stayed in their lane. Like they weren't really, I'll say influenced by, the world per se, like they, they were living in their own world and living their life like they thought they should. So they never felt like, oh, I've got to 
you know, get that big house because we've got all the kids. We need to have the fancy car. We need to go on all these crazy vacations because when they told me they sail, I was asking like, how did that become like the thing that they decided to do in retirement? And so what happened was, is every summer, so this is why they were still working and their kids were growing up, that what they would do is on vacations, they would go somewhere with water. So that kind of immersed them in that, that, that space of the kids understanding that mom and dad love the water. The kids themselves also love going, whether it was a lake or to one of the oceans or even the Caribbean, it, it was this, this notion that we would love to do more of this, but this is all we can do for now. So they were kind of planting that seed of living below our means, doing what we need to do, and we'll like have that glorious retirement that everybody talks about. And so as they're talking, I'm just thinking like, did y'all really need a financial planner? Because I mean, this the story sounds great. You had a, a real good strategy. You stay like on point the entire time and now you're enjoying the fruits of your labor. And, and what they said was, well, maybe we could have been a little bit more aggressive with our investments. And I was like, ah, so they had done a lot of great planning on their own, but both of them said, well, if we had met somebody like me earlier, then maybe they would have again invested a lot differently with their retirement plans through the job. So, you know, the state, any, mostly most government employers offer a pension. But they also sometimes offer an alternate retirement bucket or, or, or option. And so they didn't take, I'll say, full advantage of those options. They, they were in them, but they both admitted that had they had a, a financial planner early on, they probably would have put away a little bit more money in those alternate retirement accounts in addition to the pensions they were going to receive. But again, you can't go back in time. And I think somehow, some way it still worked out for them because they didn't they didn't have a care or a want in the world. They again, you're taking four years, four years, four months out of the year every year, and you're just sailing around the Caribbean. Like I think you did okay, despite not taking full advantage of the investment options you had access to. So I was just blown away with this story of a, a couple who had a plan and executed the plan flawlessly. And I would hope that anybody who's listening to this story, yeah, earning a lot of money is great, but if you're not applying it to the right buckets, then you making a large income, how good is that, right? If you have nothing to really show for it later in life. So Kathy and Bill, who didn't earn a, you know, a ton, they maximized the dollars they did earn. And that's where planning comes in because if you can't do that on your own, like Kathy and Bill, you just might not make it financially. So I, I can't stress this point enough. If you fail to have a retirement plan, you plan on failing in retirement. That wasn't going to be the case for Kathy and Bill, but that may be the reality for a lot of people. Now, this couple clearly had a plan from the start and now they are reaping the rewards. It, it pains me to see like my family and friends and, and many who are highly educated, who earn well over $100,000 a year, but who don't commit to some type of serious retirement planning. It's going to be a shame to witness those who won't be able to enjoy retirement like Kathy and Bill. It's now time for the If You Were Me 
segment. People are always searching for those financial gems that can assist them with achieving financial greatness. And with that comes three questions I'm constantly asked. One, what do you think I should do? Two, if you were me, what would you do? And three, what do people in my situation typically do? When you're putting together your build wealth plan, it's got to be personalized and unique to your situation. However, when people ask me those questions, they are looking for blanket advice. I generally don't know enough about their situation to make a proper recommendation. So I do my best to give general guidance that they could have probably found doing a quick search on the internet. It's then up to them to act on that information or sit on it and do nothing. I figured I'd put myself in someone else's shoes and tell them what I'd actually do. So if you listen to this and you just got married, here's what I would do. I'm starting off this new journey with my spouse by really just understanding like how they think and feel about money. I hope that by the time that you've tied the knot, that you've already had the conversation around like the finances, but maybe you haven't. So if I just got married, I'm definitely going to have that conversation with my spouse so we can really get to an understanding around how we're going to do things together. So there are things that I need to do personally. There are things that my spouse needs to do personally from a financial standpoint. And so I want to always be respectful of that, but they're then going to be things that we're going to be doing together. And maybe one of those is living together. And maybe we were living together prior to getting married, or maybe we're going to be living together now that we are married. So one of us is going to, you know, move out of our apartment or we're going to sell our home or maybe we're going to keep both homes or so we got to decide that whole living arrangement and how that's going to work out. Right. Because that's that's a financial commitment. So I've talked to couples who have had separate apartments and you're married now and it's like, hey, why are you paying two rents? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And some people are of the school of thought that they should live together prior to marriage, but to each his own. So I at least want to have a firm understanding of how this living arrangement is going to be set up because based on that, now we've got to talk about all the utilities that come with that. So depending where we live, let's just say we're under one roof. Well, are we going to split the bills in half? Are you, you know, I'm talking to my spouse, are you going to take certain bills at a certain time of the month or am I going to take other bills? I mean, how is this going to work out? And we need to talk that through so that way we don't have, I'll say, issues because whatever we don't address today, it's going to like snowball into a bigger issue later. So if you know, based on your payment schedule, you can take care of a few bills on the first half of the month and then your spouse can do the second half. Well, maybe that's your system. Or maybe again, you decide to set up a joint account and say, hey, for all the, the mortgage or the rent expense, let's both put money into a pot. And then we'll pay the rent out of that bucket. You know, the power bill, the, the gas, the electricity, even with your cell phone, maybe you come together and now you have a family plan as opposed to being on separate you know, phone plans. So you just want to have that conversation. And let me say this, there's no right or wrong around how you decide to do this. But if you just got married, you need to be having this conversation because that's what I would do. And so now that I've maybe talked about like the budget and our spending and how we're going to just like survive, 
got to think about taxes. So maybe up until this point, we've both been filing separately, but maybe there are some benefits for us to continue to file, you know, although we're married, but filing separate, or maybe it's time to bring it all together and we file jointly. So hopefully you or your spouse has a tax professional that you work with, and it's probably time to have that conversation. Or maybe you go that first year, you stay separate. But then because your status changed, you then going forward into the next year, decide, okay, now we've got to make some critical decisions about how we're going to play the tax game. You know, if I just got married, you know, where do we stand on kids? Now, if we're not coming into the marriage with children, then what are our plans? So is it, we want to have one, we want to have two, we want to have five, you know, do we want to have one and maybe see how that works out? Do we... Maybe we want to have no kids. Maybe we just want to get fur babies. Maybe that's it for us. So talk through that because kids are expensive. But at least I want to talk to my spouse about this and not have it to be some, you know, conversation that like has to wait. Like we, we got married. We're building, I hope I'm, we're building something together. So both parties need to be included on the kids conversation. And when I think about, the individual stuff that I alluded to earlier, well, I still have my individual retirement. My spouse has their individual retirement. So we both want to make sure if we're not having the conversation together, at a minimum, both of us are reassessing where we are in our lives as it relates to our retirement plans. So we may want to take a look at that. And as an extension of that conversation, having some type of discussion around where we actually want to retire. So depending on where you live, you may say, hey, I want to be closer to my family when I retire, or maybe I want to live in the country or in the mountains or on the beach, or maybe even out of the country. So I need to be talking to my spouse about where is it that we actually want to settle down later in life. And, and maybe it changes as we go through, but if I just got married, these are some of the conversations that I want to have just so I can be in front of it. Like we don't need to wait. You know, if you have aspirations of living in a foreign country, well, let's plan our whole lives to make sure that by the time we're ready to retire, we can actually go live in whatever country that is and have the quality of life that we desire. We can plan for that. So we should do it together. You know, it, it would be also in our best interest to have a discussion with an estate planning attorney, because now that we are joining forces as this union, we want to make sure that no matter what happens to our significant other, our spouse, that we have some instructions. And if I just got married, I want to have the discussion with my spouse about what happens if they're not here or what happens if they're here but they're not in a condition to make sound decisions. So it happens all the time where you could experience somebody getting into an accident. And so now the person is left with, you know, cognitive disabilities or yeah, maybe they just like physically or mentally or a combination of both can't do stuff. So who signs off on papers? Who makes decisions if they can't talk? I mean, there's, there's so many things that people don't want to talk about. But if I just got married, I love this person so much that I'm willing to go through it with them because we both need to be on the same playing field as we think about our overall strategy. 
Again, there are things that I may want to do individually. There are things that my spouse may want to do individually, but ultimately we've got to have some dialogue right off the bat, if we haven't already done so, around how we're going to manage our financial lives. And as we go through life, we just got to keep having the discussion. So I may say, okay, I want to meet every month. My spouse may say, I think that's too frequent, but maybe we can have a short conversation once a month, but then have a full blown, you know, we talk about everything every three months or quarterly. But if I just got married, I have to have this discussion more than one time a year. And, and it should be ongoing, but both parties, like me and my spouse, need to buy in to whatever system we adopt. I don't care how crazy it might sound to the outside world, but if I just got married, we need to be on the same sheet of music. And if we're not, we have got to find out how to get there. And it's going to probably require working with a variety of financial professionals to help both of us. So we may have come into this marriage with, I have my money team, my spouse has their money team. And then we got to have some, some conversation. Who's got to go? You know, we can't, or maybe we shouldn't be working with multiple people for our investments. Maybe we want to just work with one person or maybe we do want to keep it separate, but we got to have that talk. I just think sometimes we're, we're so uh, uncomfortable opening up and revealing some of these things about our finances, but you just got married. It's time. Okay. <laughs> it's time to have that discussion because if I just got married, I want to know. I need to know. I think it makes sense for me to know. I think it makes sense for them to know. Like it's okay to share. And, and honestly, I'm probably not going to share every single thing, right? I mean, I'm just human. There's secrets that I may want to keep. Nothing detrimental. Somebody's like, well, you know, that's how marriages end. I'm not saying anything that's like detrimental to the overall success of your marriage, but you know, maybe there's some things you wanted to wanted to do individually and that you need to do and your spouse should respect that but you need to share that and say hey i've got some entrepreneurial ventures that i'm gonna do on my own because i need it to be happy and so i don't want to jeopardize our collective success long term because of a failed business or a business that takes up a lot of my time or whatever the scenario is you just want to be honest about that so it's okay to have some separation but for the most part you want to be a unit as you go through this journey called life, and especially when it comes to your finances. Hopefully the tips that I've shared will be useful to you as the person who just got married. As always, you should consult with your own financial professionals to ensure the moves you're making as it relates to your bill wealth plans are in your best interest. I wanna give you, the listener, a big shout out for tuning in. I'd love for you to join me on my quest to disrupt generational poverty. Whenever you're ready, head over to thebillwealthmovement.com and fill out the contact us section at the bottom of the page. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at TBWMovement and on Instagram at thebillwealthmovement. I also want to ask you a question. Do you have an inspiring story, a cautionary tale, or some good old Bill Wealth advice? I'd love to hear from you. You can send your story or advice to share at readytobuildwealth.com and that's the number two. So again, that's share at readytobuildwealth.com or leave it on our share voicemail at 
866-568-5656-SHARE. Again, the share voicemail is 888-56-SHARE. I'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Well, that'll do it. Until next time, just know that I'll be working tirelessly to disrupt generational poverty for everyone so their kids, kids, kids can live a life of privilege. <laughs>